Yeah, good morning. As Pastor Erica said, Pastor Dave is in Pakistan. It's the second Sunday of Lent. You know, we're celebrating uh, what God has done through our students today. And today is the two years to the Sunday that our pandemic worship experience began. I think we have a picture from the last time anyone was in the sanctuary for a while. It was this group, socially distanced as best we could before masks were advised. Um, that was March 15th, 2020. And then none of us came in here for a while. It's good to be back. Is anyone else hearing that interesting noise? All right, okay. It's not, it's not just me, and that's what's important. Uh, in, our, you know, in our Lenten practices as a church this year, we are invited to read and use a devotional combining the pre-assigned scriptures of our lectionary and the art of Vincent van Gogh. I tried, everyone. I tried to fit it in there. And I'm going to apologize to Devin publicly. Devin, the fourth slide is some Van Gogh art that I will show you, but we will not reflect on together. I cut it from my sermon. Um, there, it's beautiful. He conceived of this. And if you want to know what Van Gogh meant, you should take a, a devotional from the back. It'll make you read it. It'll be good. And next week, you can meet with Pastor Erica to talk about it more, right? Yeah. Okay. What? Oh, sure. Well, you have two weeks then. Um, the gospel scripture for the second Sunday of Lent in year C, as we call it, is quite an odd one for a celebratory mission service featuring the talents of teenagers. That's my way of saying, I didn't pick these scriptures. They are chosen for every church in the world that wants to use them. Alas, like a vegetarian breakfast burrito served on a cold morning in Mexico, we get what we get, and we don't throw a fit. And we might zig and zag a little bit, but it should be fun. So as always, I like to set the scene before we read the scripture together. Jesus spends most of his life and ministry in a region called Galilee, but eventually he makes a journey to Jerusalem, the religious and political center of his faith. In Luke's gospel, it takes five or six chapters to walk the 60 miles or so from Galilee to Jerusalem. And many things happen along the way, most notably, for those uh, familiar with the stories, Jesus tells the story of the prodigal son, the lost coin, and the lost sheep between Galilee and Jerusalem. And our passage this morning is on that same road. Right after Jesus says, some of the first will be last, and some of the last will be first. So from Luke 13, 31 through 35, please follow along. At that very hour, some Pharisees came and said to him, Get away from here, for Herod wants to kill you. He said to them, Go and tell that fox for me, Listen, I'm casting out demons and performing cures today and tomorrow, and on the third day I finish my work. Yet today, tomorrow, and the next day, I must be on my way, because it's impossible for a prophet to be killed away from Jerusalem. 
Ah, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often have I desired to gather your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and you were not willing. See, your house is left to you, and I tell you, you will not see me until the time comes when you say, Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. The word of the Lord. Let's pray. Oh God, there is so much going on in our scripture this morning. There's so much going on in our hearts and in our world this morning. Give us something to meditate on from your word. Let the sermon you want everyone to hear be the sermon they hear. Bless us in this time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As Jesus approaches the city of his passion and as we approach the memory of that Passion Week in Lent, he laments the state of affairs in Jerusalem. Like so many other little snippets recorded in the Gospels, we don't entirely know what tone Jesus is taking. You know, he talks about Jerusalem as a place that has killed all the prophets, but really, not that many prophets were ever killed in Jerusalem. Certainly not the big names. So Jesus might be speaking with some exaggeration or hyperbole or even sarcasm here. You don't know. He's certainly got something to say about Herod. The Pharisees, who are a group of people who don't usually get along too well with Jesus, they warn him that Herod Antipas, the son of King Herod the Great and the ruler of Galilee, is after him and wants to kill him. Calling a person a fox in Jesus' day wasn't usually about calling someone sly or crafty or clever. There's nothing sly about someone openly wanting to kill you. Instead, calling someone out as a fox is to say they are a pretender, a bully, someone who thinks far too highly of themselves. Well, you know, we could say a narcissist, probably, yeah. It's, it's an insult because foxes were often contrasted with lions. Lions, of course, are true, righteous, regal, strong. Foxes only think they are those things, and they take what they can. So here's this son of King Herod the Great summoning the wandering son of a peasant girl. It's a little bit of a power imbalance. And Mary's son calls out Antipas, Fox, I've still got work to do. There were echoes of this in the news right as our team returned. The leaders of Western nations come to the president of Ukraine, and they say, hey, we got to get you out of here. Putin is trying to kill you. But Zelensky says, go tell that fox, I need ammo, not a ride. Now, he didn't say the fox part, but his sentiment is that, real courage in the face of violent cowardice. Zelensky has been operating on the world stage like a lion. Multiple people from this congregation have sent me memes on the subject of his courage. 
Just like Jesus says to Herod and the Pharisees, go tell that fox I've still got work to do, that's what Zelensky is saying as well. I've still got work to do. Now, when you take a major geopolitical situation and a biblical example, it's kind of hard to see how this resolve might work in our lives, but it's there. On our trip, we had some opportunities to experience setback and frustration. Now, to a much smaller degree than the examples I've given you, we were given a chance to hold fast to that which is good. Omicron peaked as we started planning for the trip. Go tell that fox that we can be cautious and still make it happen. Border guards held us up with taxes and fees. They sat in cars for like 90 minutes in the heat. Go tell those foxes God has work for us to do. Rain is in the forecast for Tuesday. Go tell that fox we'll get more done than ever on Monday. Wind gusts. Blow away our kitchen. Go tell that fox we'll still get dinner on the table and finish the house. No big deal. Oh, yeah. Three-hour borderline to re-enter the U.S. Go tell that fox that we've got gallon Ziplocs in case of emergency. <laughs> Stray dogs. Sneak into where you are sleeping and shake off the rain all over your face. <laughs> Go tell that fox, ah! Is that right? Is that how it went? Form and function, what a pair. I'm really proud of our team, our students, and our adults, how well they weathered the weather. I'm grateful to them. I'm, I'm grateful to the adults for rolling with and laughing at every challenge. In repeating, go tell that fox to our predicaments, I mean no disrespect to the life-threatening situations people are facing. I mean no disrespect, I don't mean to diminish the lives already lost in this unnecessary war. There have been moments this week where I've been on the verge of tears, in shock, upset. But sometimes to stand up to the powerful means we laugh in their faces. I think Jesus laughed at the Pharisees, all I could do when I saw that kitchen was laugh. When you can, laugh at the foxes. So I said the traditional Jewish counterpart to the fox is the lion, a great, righteous, brilliant soul. And we call Jesus the Lion of Judah in other parts of Scripture. But this is where any comparison to what's happening in Ukraine ends. For in calling Herod a fox, Jesus does not tout himself for being a lion. Instead, Jesus adopts a totally different animal to be like, a chicken. Jesus is not in the state of being chicken. He's not afraid, quite the opposite. He wants to be a mother hen, protecting her brood, sheltering them under her wings. Like God is described in Psalms 17, 57, 63, and 91, in the shadow of your wing. Like Lily Potter stands up to that fox, Tom Riddle, to protect her baby, Harry. Like mothers all over Ukraine are sheltering their children from missiles and mortars. 
like anyone who has ever loved someone and couldn't fully protect them. Mother hens could probably run away and leave their chicks behind, but they don't. The fate of their children is their fate. They lay down their lives for their chicks. Jesus longs to shelter Jerusalem's children, and that's where he's headed. But in picking Jerusalem as the place where Jesus adopts a mothering attitude, he complicates things yet again for us. Jerusalem has its poor, oppressed, and downtrodden, to be sure. But it also has the entire religious structure of first century Judaism, various different sects competing with each other, and the Roman governor and garrisons that enforce order. Jesus longs to shelter them all. There's no us and them under the wings of Jesus. Impossible as that is to believe. Difficult for as it is for us to live out. Jesus longs to gather us all in under his wings. His work today, tomorrow, and the next day is to gather people in. To heal, to cast out our demons so we can get along under those wings. On Thursday night, I had the chance to see one of our high school students, Karina Castellino, in a production of Les Mis Arab. If you want a surefire way to remove a TV jingle that you've written out of your head, nothing better than, do you hear the people sing? It was that video you didn't quite hear was stuck in my head all week until I saw this show. And one of our confirmation mentors, Cy Bordelon, there you are, was able to join me. And if there's a person in my life who loves Les Mis more than me, it's Cy. So we went and we were blown away by the quality of the singing and the sets. Karina was wonderful. Oh, did you get a picture up there? Cool, I didn't see it, great. I gotta look around sometime, thank you, beautiful. Okay, so I'm sitting in this theater. Strange just to be in a place where there's several hundred other people, right? I've been stewing in the gospel of motherly love and the bravery of Ukrainians all week. And through the whole musical, I'm struck by the story of Les Miserables, the individual redemption gospel stories mixed with a people fighting for their freedom. Now, I will predictably tear up at the second to last number where the main show ends with the line, to love another person is to see the face of God. But by the time that line came, my tears had already fallen. This time, it was from the line from Valjean to Cosette, your mother gave her life for you, then gave you to my keeping. You see, Christ has given his life for us like a mother hen, and then gave us to each other's keeping. Yes, there are foxes about. Yes, sometimes people will want or need to be lions. But the way of Jesus is the way of the hen. Now, I wrote those last words, and then 10 minutes later, I met with a parent whose child is struggling. They're making progress, but that parent can't protect them anymore, though they want to. And I left that conversation and immediately encountered a homeless man who was taking a moment from his stress 
by shooting hoops on the church basketball hoop, which is next to my garage. We talked for an hour and, and made plans to meet up again. And soon after that, I read the first Ukrainian refugees had, had shown up at the U.S.-Mexico border in Tijuana. And at first, they were turned away. The children of our mother hen are not abstractions. They are real people in need. And we can help. But we will have to tell the foxes in our own hearts that there's plenty of room. Would you pray with me? Gather us in, Lord. Gather us in. Heal us our divisions. Cast out our demons. Give us the courage, make us willing, to make room for one another under the shadow of your wings. Amen.